you know, and just feeling his heart in that moment broke me. It yeah. broke me. It broke my heart for Jesus. Yeah. Just his heart was breaking for me mm-hmm. at that moment. What's up, Ordinary Discussions? Jeremy McCommons here with another great podcast. We have an awesome guest today, David Gonzalez, former uh, Ordinary Men participant, former Ordinary Men leader, and uh, now God has put something new in his heart that I cannot wait to talk to him about. Uh, you'll definitely want to tune in, listen to David's testimony, and uh, I'm sure that God will speak to you through it. Uh, as always, uh, leave us a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, like, subscribe, uh, favorite us on your podcast listening platforms so that you get all of our new episodes. Guys, thanks so much for being part of our podcast. Hope you enjoy this episode. All right, let's do this. David Gonzalez, how are you, man? I'm great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank you uh, for having me. Um, what an intro. Uh, what yeah. an intro. But yeah. I don't think I really... A, that was good. I didn't brag on you enough. I'm not sure that was a very good intro. No, I mean, I'm probably the most ordinary guy uh, that you've had on this podcast. This is mm. this is going to be a very ordinary discussion. <laughs> well, that that is the name, Ordinary Discussions. I mean, I say that compared to like some of the people that you've had on the podcast. Um, you've had Colton Burpo. And he has gone to heaven. He's, I mean, <laughs> and also um, uh, Eric Alexander, both of which have been closer to God yeah. than I, than I have been. Yeah, both. Eric climbed. Um, <laughs> I want to say St. Helens, but it's not. It's uh, Everest. Everest. What was wrong with me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So go listen to that podcast. That's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Led a blind man of Everest, to say the yeah. least. Yeah. So I feel quite like uh, this is. Uh, you know, really got to follow them. <laughs> no. I don't know. I, I can't follow I think that. that. I think you are the heart of why <laughs> this podcast was created. I um, It just took time. It's taking time for these stories to, mm-hmm. to manifest. You know, we don't have testimonies and stories around what's happening within ordinary movement without having time. You know, it takes time. And so um, first, I just want to point out to our listeners or to our wat- the people viewing, if you're listening, you don't know. But our shirts are a little awkward today. But come on, yeah, we're kind of a little matchy. Well, you know, um, great minds think alike. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's around Christmas. <laughs> Tis the season <laughs> yes. for flannels. So, so <laughs> David walked into the studio, and I was like, "One of us has to change." Right. I said, "It's not going to be me." <laughs> yeah. And I don't have an undershirt, so <laughs> I don't think you guys want to see me without a shirt on. <laughs> so this is what you get. You get flannel. Uh, it's mountain men, manly men wearing their flannels. We should have like axes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can go get one. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, hey, let's dive in. Um, for our listeners, I don't want to hear all this small talk. Let's let's get into why we're here. How about that? Sounds good. So David um, was in a group of ordinary, an ordinary men's group. Uh, do you remember what year was that? 2020? Yes, it was right as COVID hit. So that would have been, um, was that March or? Yeah, it was March of 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we had just started our group and within two or three weeks of our group starting COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. So it was awesome because then we didn't, we didn't have work and we were off. And so we were like, well, just meet every week. Yeah. So, so you guys sped it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. We just, yeah, dozed right through it. So it was great. Yeah. Well, David's test, David has a great testimony. So I wanted him to come on today and share it. Uh, 
primarily because I think I know the Bible even says it. There's power in the testimony, right? And so I believe that his story, his journey will speak to many of you. Uh, I believe that there's people that will listen to this that have gone through ordinary movement and maybe haven't really done a lot with um, what, what we talked about in ordinary movement or as far as uh, discipling others, or maybe you did in the past and you were, you did something with it, but you just feel a little dry right now. I feel like that David's testimony has the ability to really ignite something new in you. I want to do more of these um, because uh, I just think there is so much value and power in hearing someone's story and how God has moved in their lives. So David, I'm just going to kind of open it up to you. Uh, We can start pre um, ordinary men, Mm -hmm. Uh, you start it where you want and then we'll just kind of go along until, you know, where we are today. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I gave my life to the Lord at age 16. Um, and I was just thinking about that even as I was driving here, I'm going to be 45, uh, next month and I will have been walking with the Lord for 29 years, almost 30 years. Um, which is kind of blowing my mind right now. And um, it's been quite a ride. It's been quite a ride, I, I guess, uh, is, is, is a way to put it. But, um, but yeah, I uh, gave my life to the Lord at age 16 at a Assemblies of God church in Naples, Florida. At uh, My parents dragged me to. I didn't really want to go. but um, So you've lived in rough places, Naples and Vail. <laughs> Right. It would, you know, to be fair, it was the hood of Naples, Florida. And, uh, you know, I do live in the hood of Vail, Colorado. So don't, uh, don't let him fool you. Just don't let him fool you. Keep going. Keep going. All right. Uh, I don't think there's such a thing as a hood in Naples, Florida. (laughs) You know, I, I guess it was one of those church Sundays where, I don't know, I, I was just too cool for school. I didn't really want to be there. But, you know, whatever. I think my mind, my mindset was, let's just go and get through this. And um, during the, at the time, I called it the singing portion of the service. You know, it was obviously just praise and worship time. And they sang one song and then they sang another song. And I thought, okay, that's enough, you know. But no, they went on to like another song. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how long is this going to be? So it was at that point I thought, well, I guess I'll sing along. I mean, they went through all the trouble of putting the words up on the screen and everything. I might as well sing along. I mean, was, I remember, like, to this day, very details about about this moment. Um, and I vaguely remember, I believe that the song was Ancient of Days. Uh, you know the song. Uh, anyway, um, as I opened up my mouth and I started singing the song, I didn't really believe anything of what I was singing. I was just singing along. But immediately, as I started opening up my mouth and singing the words on the screen, I felt the presence of God immediately, like, surround me. It just just invade my privacy, and just looking back and thinking about that moment was, uh, 
it was a it was a difficult moment because the only thing the best way I could describe it is that I was made aware that God was that God exists like today. Uh, my parents had always taught me that you know God was real that more or less we were basically Christians as far as our religious beliefs but I always thought that God was the God of the past and and wasn't really present and he made himself known to me that day he was very very real very very present and not only that but he was very interested in me and really wanted to talk to me and 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 have a relationship so all this was like happening within moments and the 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 spirit of god basically just started awakening something deep inside of me that i didn't even know was there uh i feel like his spirit was touching my spirit and my soul and awakening me and 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 i just wanted to cry I just, I just wanted to burst out in tears and cry, but I was holding back so much, but you could see it from my face. You know, I uh, just, <laughs> you got that constipated look on your face <laughs> um, sometimes. And, you know, I looked over at my mom and I just saw her, you know, a couple of people down and she looked over at me and she was just having the time of her life clapping and singing along. And you could tell she was enjoying herself. And she looked at me and she said, David, that's the Holy Spirit. And so I kind of looked back at her and in my mind, I was like, well, make him stop because I was basically getting ready to embarrass myself in front of all these people I didn't know. So I stopped singing. And as soon as I stopped singing, that whole experience and that feeling of the presence of God left. And, and again, I was thinking, wow, that was strange, you know, and then, again, they just kept singing. So I opened up my mouth, and I said, well, let me just keep singing. So I opened up my mouth and kept singing the song. And immediately, as I, kept, as I started singing, again, the, again, that surrounding, in my face, intense presence of God confronted me. And looking back, you know, I always used to describe it as, all of my feelings and emotions that I had ever had up to that point were, were amplified and magnified, like in that moment. And I would say like the biggest feeling that I felt at that moment was sorrow. I was, I was really, it was like, it was like the Lord was, was saying, I see that part in you that, you're sorry for all the bad things that you've done in life. And I want you to share that with me. And I was fighting that. I did not want to give that to God, Mm -hmm. you know, because I don't know why. I I guess it's just the flesh inside of you. So um, what would happen in the next few months would be just every time I went to church and during praise and worship, I would give myself to God just a little bit more. You know, it was almost like, it's like you would, first time you're walking out into the, into the ocean, you go just ankle deep. And then the next time you go a little deeper, right up to your, up to your knees and then your waist. And then, and then I remember just eventually I just went ahead and surrendered and I went to the deep end and I said, God, just, just take me, just take me, you know, um, take me wherever you're 
wherever you want to take me. So, and one of the things that stuck out to me was that whenever I was at church, the time that I could feel God the most was during praise and worship. Mm-hmm. Praise and worship and connecting with God through through singing and scripture reading and singing uh, worship songs to God. I couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't get enough of it. I wanted it so bad. I would say, why do I feel God's presence so strong during praise and worship? And then it's immediately as we, after we leave, or even after praise and worship is done, that, that, that feeling of closeness with God was gone. And so just, just the avenue of praise and worship and, and, and the connecting with the Lord, you know, I would say that was, that's the thread that is through my life, even up to this day. So, you know, yeah, I don't know if you want to. Yeah. So, jump in so those are your, me. your early years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the praise and worship obviously is integral to, you know, the further, further along as we, as we get into your story, but let's fast forward, skip a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. I met you at Matt Iverson's house, which was Matt was, is on the board of ordinary movement and also was the leader of the ordinary men's group you were in. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think you said something like this guy's, this guy's crazy or what'd you say? It was like, uh, yeah, probably along those lines. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it had been, it had been up to that point. Um, you know, we moved here in 2005 and I hadn't really met anyone that like as, as passionate about something as you were, you were so passionate about ordinary men, ordinary movement at that time. And, and, and about helping men come to really just like come to the Lord and, um, really get serious with their faith. Yeah. I I hadn't really met anybody like that since those earlier years, you know? And so from, from, from the time that I was that to the time I met you, um, you know, I'd met, I had met my wife, Amanda, um, and, and God brought us together um, in in a beautiful way. It was very quick. It was very fast. And um, we, within a few years, God opened up the door for us to be uh, the worship pastors and the worship leaders of a church here in Vail, Colorado. So we ended up moving from Naples here to Vail for me to take on my very first full-time ministry role and within within months of moving here um i end up developing an addiction to pornography within months of starting my very first Mm full-time gig full-time job as a minister and in the ministry um i had Basically, I hadn't really had access to high-speed internet up to that point. It was just now, it was just at that point starting to come about. That was in 2005, 2006. Mm -hmm. And that that gripped me way more than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. I thought that this was just going to be a quick temptation issue that I was going to be able to overcome within months, if not a year, you know, but, um, but holy cow, I was wrong. I was, I was, I was dead, dead wrong. Um, and you know, within, 
I would say after a while I had, you know, opened up and confessed to my pastor about that. And I, you know, and he was willing to sit with me and help me mm-hmm. and pray with me and counsel me through that. And we did for close to a year. And then, you know, without going into too many details, um, the, I, I was still struggling with it. And the end result was the, the church that had invested in Amanda and I to move from, from Naples out here yeah. ended up firing me because as a result of my addiction. And that was probably the biggest blow to my faith that I had ever dealt with up to that point. And it still is even to, to, to the, to this day. Um, it took me out. It took me out. It's like, you might as well have just chopped me, chopped me off at the knees. Mm. And, um, I was just so, um, ashamed. I was so, um, embarrassed. I was so, um, I just, I felt like a complete failure. I mean, that, that would be the first of many times that I would be alone in a room and shout at the top of my lungs, I failed. I'm such a failure. Mm. And, you know, that was, that was really, really hard in so many ways. I'd, I had, I had, I had to deal with that I hurt my wife so deeply she I had you know the trust that she had in me that she thought I was such a man of God and I was going after the heart of God that she put in me and the faith that she had in me to never hurt her in any way like that was gone yeah not to mention my relationship with God not to mention my relationship with him was was, you know, I had to deal with that. Lord, I failed you. I failed you. You gave me this blessing. You gave me this mission, this calling in life <laughs> um, to connect with you through praise and worship and to lead congregations and other people into that same um, presence of God. That's right. And here I squandered it. I squandered mm-hmm. it by being so immature and not guarding my heart and not guarding my eyes. And so for me, the big question was, well, if I'm not going to do that for my life, then what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. Did I just, did I just ruin my life? Did I just ruin everything that God has for me? So, so there was a tremendous anxiety. There was tremendous pressure uh, for me to find work, to pay my bills. We had just bought a house, you know, and everything. And Mando was pregnant. So what do you think all that pressure did? It just drove me to seek, um, to uh, soothe that pain by the one way that I knew how to soothe my anxiousness. And so that kind of perpetuated me getting even deeper. Mm-hmm. And after I would say about a year or two, uh, probably about two years, I ended up getting a, through a friend of a friend, uh, a job as a worship leader out in Texas. And, you know, to set the stage for that real quick, um, it was absolutely the wrong decision 
to move, to take the job and to move out to Texas, but I did anyway. And, um, you know, Amanda had gone out there and she checked, she checked it out and she came back and she said, no, that's not the place for us. So thank, thank God for Amanda. You know, our wives have the intuition a lot of times that we don't have. And I would just say to all the men that are listening to this, um, take your wife seriously whenever she is telling you that from her heart of hearts. It's more than just um, fear. Mm-hmm. It's more than just anxiousness. Um, anyway, so um, thank God for her. She said, well, I'll go, you know, because I was insistent. She finally said, I'll go if you uh, only commit to a year. We're only going to commit to a year. And and if if it's, if it's evident that we're supposed to stay, then we'll stay. But if it's evident that we're we're supposed to leave, then, then we need to quit and leave after a year. Yeah. So anyway, um, it, it was evident within four months that we weren't <laughs> supposed to be there. Um, after that, uh, there again, there was just a lot of arguments and, 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 and disagreements that came about that. I ended up getting fired from that job too. Um, that was again, another blow to my, to my, to my, to everything, to my heart, to my, to me as a man, as a provider, as, as a husband. Um, and in the whole time, you know, I'm just seeing myself as another, yet again, you failed, you failed again. Um, I remember, I remember after that driving in my car and I was so angry at myself. I balled up my fist and I punched the roof of my car so hard, like I almost put a hole. I almost put a hole through the roof. You know, there's a there's there's, there's a dent. And as I punched the hole, I just screamed at the top of my lungs. You're such a failure. You did it again. You know, just cutting myself. And I meant that word. So I meant it so much and it hurt me to say it but it was part of like me admitting my fault I didn't know how else to do it I it it doesn't matter I could point the finger that it was them that they were already unhealthy that they didn't have their act together that they should have done handle the situation better but at the end of the day if you were right with God if you were living righteously if you weren't giving yourself to these temptations, this wouldn't have happened. It all falls on you, you know. So, you know, you could see I'm just getting wounded and, um, and, uh, you know, the calling of God on my life is being stripped. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> being ripped away from my from my life and it's and it's affecting my relationship with my wife obviously our our relationship is being wounded every single time you know and 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 there were moments where I just couldn't handle the pressure anymore and I would go to Amanda and I would confess to her and I say Amanda this happened again I gave in again and I'm so so sorry would you please forgive me and thank Thank God that she did, and she always would. 
um, it did it did get old after a while. <laughs> it did get you know, and and she began to get angry and upset a lot more, and she began to obviously take it to heart, and uh, rightfully so, rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my eyes are supposed to be only for her and her only, her and the Lord, and um, so. After all of that, we end up moving back to uh, to Vail. Um, we decided, um, you know, we can either foreclose or short sale. For whatever reason, short sale was the option that we were going to choose. And um, um, anyway, our realtor had the paperwork all drawn up. So I, actually, it was Matt Iverson. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. He had the paperwork all drawn up for us. And... Um, you know, thank God for the Iversons. Um, they were with us throughout this whole time, just praying for us and being a friend and being a support for us. Sure. Um, but anyway, you know, at that moment, Amanda and I looked at that right before we signed it that night. I said, you know, Amanda, we need to just pray about this. And so we got on our knees in the living room with the short sale paperwork there. And, and, and we just said, God, we know that you gave us this house and we're not going to give this house up unless, unless it's your will. Right. So we felt like we were just, um, we felt like we were supposed to stay, but we, we felt like we were being forced to leave, that it wasn't actually God's will for us to leave. And so we just put it before the Lord and thank God the next morning I get a phone call back from from a job interview that I had done uh, a couple weeks prior. They wanted me to come in for a second interview. And um, it was sat- installing satellite dishes uh, for, for one of those satellite TV companies. And But I just knew once they called me and wanted me to come back for a second interview that I, w- I had the job. And so we said, well, let's put the brakes on that, uh, signing the... the um, the, the foreclosure papers and, you know, it ended up being a, a really difficult transition for me to go from working at a church and doing ministry and having basically no skills uh, in life to, to, you know, having to learn how to, uh, how this whole thing worked. But it ended up being a blessing for me in the long run. Um, fast forward to meeting you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, meeting you, there was, there was an energy, there was a spark in you that I hadn't seen in someone in myself in a long, long time. I was like, I used to be that guy. I used to be that guy stirring up other men, stirring up my peers and saying, and we gotta we we gotta be on fire for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Look at the amazing things that God is doing in this earth, and that He can do through you. That God yeah. wants to do through you. Um, the heart that He has for for this valley and these people and this time, and you know we can't let our time go to waste. I used to be that guy, and 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 yeah, it stirred up uh, a good jealousy inside of me meeting you and and within probably less than a year I was being invited by Matt Iverson 
to um, an ordinary men group. Yeah. And by that point in my life, I had grown very, very cynical and very angry at, I would say, at the church in general, at the church in general. Where would you say, so where were you at in your walk at that point? Would you, was My walk was very distant. I, I, you know, I still, being able to connect with God, the way that he taught me how to connect with him uh, during those years of intimacy and in my room and praise and worship, I always had a a very spiritual connection with God. That part actually came very naturally to me. Mm-hmm. And so I always continued to talk with God. And every time that I would fall into my temptation and fall into, into that sin, it was very, very hard to reconnect with God. Mm-hmm. But I knew what the Scripture said, that there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But let me tell you, the shame, especially after you're done, you feel icky, icky. You feel dirty. You feel nasty. Not only like physically, but spiritually. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sitting there talking to God. And when you're in the presence of God and you have just sinned, like that, everything is exposed. Everything. Yeah. All of your thoughts, all of your heart's intentions. All, there's no excuses. There's, you know, there's no excuses. Uh, just, like in, just like in the OM book, <laughs> you know, excuses yeah. are no, no excuse. excuse. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I really had to rely on what the scripture said because forcing myself, I knew that I couldn't go turn away from God. To turn away from God was going to be just death to me. Mm-hmm. All I knew was his that his love was so real. It was it was literally life, not just a figurative life. He was he was my life. And I couldn't turn away from him, so I had to I had to push past shame. I had to push past um guilt to get to him again. You know, it was, it's almost like walking. I just imagine myself like being in the, in, in, I don't know, in Antarctica or something like that in the middle of a, of, of the biggest blizzard that you can ever imagine. And just shards of guilt and shame, guilt and shame are just attacking, attacking me. And, 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 and you're having to walk into the wind to get to God. And to fight through and say, no, I know, I know, I know, I know that God still loves me. I know, I know that God still has a plan for me. At the very least, God has forgiven me. And I have to um, push through this storm of guilt and shame to get to get back to God. You know, that was how it felt every single time that I would fall. Mm-hmm. And I knew when Matt had asked me that, I could go through it one of two ways. I can go through ordinary men real nonchalantly mm-hmm. and and just say, yeah, whatever. If it speaks to me, then great. Um, but if it doesn't, then whatever. It's just another Bible study. <laughs> just, yeah. That's just another Bible study that's not going to actually change my life. Mm-hmm. 
but I knew in my heart of hearts that I needed to go into it um, with the intention that I'm going to get as much as I can out of this. Yeah. Whether it's whether this Bible study was good or not, it didn't matter. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get closer to God because it's been long enough, and yeah. I can't live my life walking this fence any, anymore. You know, living yeah. living living this life anymore. It was just yeah. tearing me up, and it was killing my family. It was killing my 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 relationship with my wife. You know that that lasted about a, about a year. I would say less than a year um, that we completed Ordinary Men and. And during that time, you know, there's such a, it's such a good, it's such a good um, study in that, in that there wasn't really anything new um, for me. However, it did fill in. I felt like my my faith was kind of like Swiss cheese. Um, I had a lot of holes, mm-hmm. you know, and and going through ordinary men really connected the dots. Really filling those holes, I should say. I'm going to continue with that analogy. <laughs> um, so, um, but the other thing that I noticed was I had spent probably three to four days a week in the scriptures. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, you're going to take the you know the discipleship course and go through it. Uh, it requires you to be in the Word. Yeah, and I can remember. Um, the the weeks that I didn't come prepared, that I didn't read, um, and the guys were in the roundtable discussion. By the way, I went through it with Eric Eric Alexander. So yes, shout out did. again yeah, to Eric Alexander. Yes. He has an, an amazing heart, and you can just tell yeah. that his walk with God is solid. Yeah. And so um, anyway, I love connecting with him whenever I can get a chance to. I noticed a shift in my heart that I also noticed, I was like, wow, this is really, I hadn't given myself over to this temptation, like, this whole time. And and it was almost like I didn't realize it. You know, whereas before it was like, okay, okay, I've made it 24 hours. Okay. Okay, I've made it 48 hours. Okay, I've made it 10 days, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I felt lighter mm-hmm. in my soul, yeah. in my spirit, after going through, through through ordinary men, and it was also around that time that I was given the opportunity to um, to to minister and do Sunday service on the mountain with oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. with that group with uh, Kyle and Jacqueline. Again, I love that couple. Um, they do um, um, it's called Arm, and for for whatever reason, I can't think of why the Arm. It's an Arm. It's an extension of the local church and bunch of volunteers we get up there every sunday during the ski season and on several peaks of the mountain and we have uh, a sunday church so i've got to prepare a sermon yep. and lead praise and worship on the mountain and do just conduct a whole service by myself and so again that that really caused me to you know i'm not just going to pick out any old uh sermonette online this had to be something from the heart yeah and mm-hmm. so it did. It caused me to get into the word and tear it up. And and um, again, throughout the whole ski season, I'm I'm just in the word. I'm in the presence of God, and I realized, wow, it's been so, it's been about a year. You know, I've had this freedom. Yeah. You know, 
um, this this lightness. It wasn't. I would t- I would tell you that it's not. It, at that point, it still wasn't like a hundred percent, because that heaviness would come upon me from time to time. Mm-hmm. But again, just the opportunity. I think we had um, ordinary men connect um, at uh, Four Eagle Ranch. That's right. Yeah. Man, what a great, amazing time! Like I didn't expect that to be as good as it was. It was incredible. And you allowed me to lead praise and worship, and I was so humbled to be to do that. And, and especially in the months leading up, I was like, God, I got. I'm taking this seriously. You know, I'm keeping myself pure. I'm keeping my eyes pure. I'm keeping my heart pure. I'm staying yeah. in the word. And, um, you know, and I was just like, I was like, Lord, this is, I just, it was, again, another, it was a pivotal moment. Yeah. I just knew mm-hmm. that, like, this is, God had given me a certain level of, of freedom. And one of the things I want to point out about ordinary men and not just say, just give you something specific that really, really spoke to me and helped me through ordinary men. Intimacy with Jesus. Yeah, um, that's right. Intimacy with Jesus is something, again, I could identify with because my walk with God started off intimacy yeah. with Jesus, you know. And I get how a lot of people are Christians 20, 30, 40 years, their whole life, and have never been mm intimate with God. I, I, I get how our church structure is yeah. set up that way. And, um, you know, one of the things about disciples making disciples is, you know, it teach you teach in there that at the end of the day, you're responsible for your growth in the Lord. You're responsible for your relationship with God. Your pastor's not responsible for your relationship with yeah. God. Mm-hmm. You have to get in the word. I mean, thank God that they can help you. Yeah. You know, but you have that, to take the initiative. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. milk versus meat, right? Uh, and and not to say that Sunday service is milk, but but a lot of times that's kind of how you get started, right? Yeah. The pastor could be preaching meat, but your faith and your intention and your seriousness, how serious you're taking it, you can only draw milk from that. Yeah. And so um so well, anyway, while you're on that, I, yeah. I would just say it's it, I, I equate it to teacher versus trainer um, in the sense that um, mm. uh, many of us te- gotcha. think of our pastor as our teacher and, and we just go and listen versus think of a personal trainer mm. where, yeah, they're teaching you, but they're expecting you to wor- walk it out. Mm. They're expecting you to push the yeah. iron, right? Yeah. And so it's like I many of us. We need to view our pastors as trainers, mm. not just somebody that's there to teach us. And when you're going to a training session, there's a lot of uh, initiative on your part, right? How totally. hard are you going to work? Are you going to get up early and go? Are you going to make the session? <laughs> you know, all those things. But I would also point out, um, not to take us off track, but I think it's really interesting. Um, and by the way, I haven't heard your whole testimony before. So many of this is, much of this is new to me. Um but what's interesting about ordinary movement, ordinary men and women, and the study guide, is that many of the um, many of the sessions, the, the beginning sessions before we get into the Holy Spirit, which is certainly part of overcoming um, um, perpetual sin areas in our life for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and then we get into discipleship, <clears throat> what it looks like to disciple, how to go about discipling someone. But the beginning parts, without saying it, are really. 
many of the sessions are about how to overcome these sins that plague us in our lives. And what I mean, what, I'll give tangible examples. Um, one of the sessions is the blood. And mm-hmm. so I found myself yeah. in, in, some, in some perpetual sin issues mm-hmm. in my life, not altogether different at times from, from many of us, from what you're speaking of, mm-hmm. right? And I found that guilt and shame Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it was like, I think that's a great analogy. This, this, this blizzard we're trying to walk through, it perpetuated the problem in my life mm-hmm. because the guilt and shame would cause me to run and hide from God, right? Just like Adam and Eve, when they sinned, mm-hmm. like God comes in the garden, he's like, where are you guys? Right. Yeah. They never were hard to find before, but suddenly when they sin, they're hiding. Right. Mm-hmm. And we do that in our own lives. But when you, when you go through ordinary movement and you, and you study the blood of Christ, you mm-hmm. realize that. It's first of utmost importance because it's value to God. Second, yes. for man, and third, Satan word. And I won't go through the whole session right now, but but the reason it's powerful for man is because we are covered and washed by the blood, mm-hmm. so that when we go before the throne, mm-hmm. He's not seeing your lust issue. Right. He's not seeing the sin you just committed. Mm-hmm. He's seeing a willing heart and a child of God coming to Him because. The blood of Christ is covering Mm -hmm. the filth of our sin. Like he's not seeing that. Like it allows us to go boldly before him, right? right? It allows us to, to approach a righteous God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So that helped break the, 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 that cycle of shame. And then the other is uh, the Watchman Nee session, which can sometimes be hard to understand, but I always say, what's the practical application? And it's this, spirit, soul, and body, yeah, right? right? And so many times what you were explaining is you tried so hard to pull up your bootstraps, mm-hmm. be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my 30-day badge, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that spirit would come on you. And I don't care if it's alcohol. I don't care if it's pornography. I don't care what it is in your life, mm-hmm. right? Greed or lust Drugs. or whatever it is, right? Drugs, right? Yeah. Like whatever it is, we have all felt that. And, and... And what we try to do is overcome it in our flesh and our body. Yeah. But that's the that's the weakest part of who we are. Mm-hmm. So we have our body, which is our external, right? And then we have our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. So we either try to combat it with our body, try to be tough, our mind, will, and emotions, overthink it. But what we have is a spirit man yeah. that communes with the spirit of God. Yes. And the point of intimacy with Jesus, mm-hmm. right? I, I, we never created this this program that would fix people, we mm-hmm. created a process of pointing people to Jesus. Because right. I believe with all my heart that if you want to overcome something in your life, if mm-hmm. you want to be an overcomer of sin in your life, if you want to be used by God, don't go through a program. Right. Go through the process of becoming intimate with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And from that, your, so, your spirit man will be so matured mm-hmm. that what I think, and, and I don't want to take it away from you, you may be go, going there, but what I think what you're going to say is the temptation, the urge mm-hmm. wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And that's not because we were so tough. It's because God has changed our mind, will, and emotions, our soul, because our spirit now influences our soul in such a way mm-hmm. that the temptations are not there the way they used to be. And it's like, wh- how did that happen? Yeah. And it was nothing that we did. Mm-hmm. It was all through Christ in us, right? right? As we become closer and more intimate with him. And so it's interesting because really the first part of ordinary movement is really teaching people these things, mm-hmm. which as you practice them, they just naturally 
cause yeah. certain areas in our life to fall off, in my opinion. Yes. And what I have experienced. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's what. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I'll, you guys, I mean, a lot of guys may be listening and want to know how to get free from pornography. Um, and I'm going to tell you in just a second. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Drum roll. Uh, I'm going to tell you in just a second. All right. You know, it's coming up here in just a minute. Um, but um, so, so again, just kind of picking up where I left and, and I'm, and I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up pretty soon. But yeah, I do want to say just exactly kind of what you were saying is I did try, you know, not, not, not just resisting. I want to tell you and everybody listening, I tried all the stuff. I tried putting filters on my computer. Mm-hmm. I tried putting uh, screen shares so that if, you know, I got on that somebody else would be notified. I had an accountability buddy, you know, friend. Um, it's I, treating the symptom. <laughs> yes. It's treating the symptom, not the, not I, the core of the problem. Let me tell you, I read the yes. books, Christian books, yep. you know, um, just all the ways that I could overcome this. And for me, I was, I was trying to treat it very practically. It was like, like an instructional <laughs> Like uh, how to put together an IKEA table, right? Here you go. Here's the here's all the tools, and here's everything you need, and here's the instructions. Yeah. Step one. A. Well, that's how most of them are. Yeah. Put together. <laughs> right. No, really. Yeah, but the, the it's like do these things. Yeah. And you can by your own power you mm-hmm. can overcome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I can sit here and tell tell you and tell everybody listening, hey, this is how to overcome pornography and pornography addiction. Step one, be intimate with Jesus. Step two, you know, uh, join a Bible study and get in the Word of God. Step three, okay, none of that is going to set you free from pornography by, by reading the instructions, okay? By reading the instructions, none of that is actually going to set you free. So after... I, you know, went through Ordinary Men. The challenge was was put forth, say, okay, so now that you've been through an Ordinary Men discipleship group, you should consider leading one. That's right. And um, I kind of dragged my feet for for several months and starting one. And um, finally, um, my buddy Kyle um, said, hey, uh, I think we should do a Bible study group. And I was like, I got the perfect one. <laughs> and so he goes... And I said, let's get together, you know, as many guys as we can. And so uh, I went ahead and led a group. And it took us over a year to get through it because we had met every other week. Um, And, again, I'm in the Word. So so now that I'm leading the group, I am not skipping sessions anymore. I'm like, (laughs) okay, I got to know what each session is talking about and then understand, not just just breeze through it, but really understand what each point of each session is talking about. And, and again, for a whole year, I'm just giving myself to the Bible, to the word of God and just consuming and letting it, letting it change me. It was changing me without me letting, you know, I didn't even realize that it was, that it was changing me. And when I was praying, I was praying for my guys. I was praying for our group. I was praying for my family. I was praying for, you know, my work and my relationship with God. And, and I can remember coming to the end and finalizing the group, and we were we were finished, and 
Um, it was a long road, and there was several weeks after, probably a month after, again, that heaviness came over me. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, I was just standing, I was looking at myself in the mirror, and I was about to make the decision to, to, to give in and let the strong arm pull me in the direction that it wanted to. And I felt Jesus enter the room. Mm. I felt Jesus enter the room. I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and I feel Jesus right here. I mean, uncomfortably close to me as any man should have his face close to me. (laughs) You know, and Jesus wasn't mad, and he wasn't upset. I had already made up my mind. I was going to go ahead and give in. But what I felt from Jesus in that moment was sadness. He was just sad, you know. And he was like, you know, I mean, we had gone, we've we've had this wonderful time of intimacy. You know, we've had this beautiful time, however long it's been. You know, one year, two years, three years of just us really building our relationship. Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to give that up now for that? You know, and just feeling his heart in that moment broke me. It broke me. It broke my heart for Jesus. Yeah, his, his heart was breaking for me mm-hmm. at that moment, and that that I mean, I said no, I said no, I'm not going to do this, and I chose to embrace the heart of Jesus for me in that moment, then to embrace that heaviness from that desire to consume and feed that addiction. Mm-hmm. And that day, from I, f- I have felt that heaviness has lifted and is, n- and is not coming back. Mm-hmm. And I turn to Jesus now every single day, and I just embrace his heart, and I embrace his, his, his heart for me That's awesome. in that moment. And so, yeah, you guys want to know how to, how to overcome Pornography, addiction, embrace Jesus. Embrace him with everything that you have. And, and, and that is not a step-by-step. That is not a seven ways to be free from this. The way to overcome sin is to fall in love with Jesus is to fall in love with Jesus. And you would think, weren't you in love with Jesus in those earlier years? Weren't you in love with Jesus during the, the during your ministry years? And and I would say and I would say yes, I believe that I was. But after experiencing that consistency in the word, that consistency in prayer and 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 really at the end of the day is 
having a relationship with Jesus all the time, all the time, you know, mm-hmm. um, that caused me to fall in love with him. And I cared way more about his desires and his heart than, than to, the desire that the world has for my life. Yeah. So yeah. I would say that that's my testimony up to this point. Um, you know, I did um, think of just wanted to put that out there. Um, you could, this verse in Proverbs, um, I believe it's Proverbs 5.5, 5, where it's talking about um, the adulterous woman. Um, and it says, um, it says in Proverbs 1, it says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey and her speech are smoother than oil. But in the end, she's bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword, and her feet go down to death. Mm. Some scriptures say her feet go down to hell. Mm. And her, well, there you go. And her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life, and her paths wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. And so, you know, any guys, any young, especially young men, that are dealing with, um, that are that are just experimenting with just looking at pornography. And let me tell you guys right now, this is no joke. That's no joke. It'll take you out. Mm-hmm. It'll take you out so far as you will let it. Mm-hmm. And the more you let it, the less control you have over it. And it has control over you. And it'll take you to the grave. It'll take you to the grave. Um, but thank the Lord that there's no, there's no, I wanted to say there's no program that'll set you free from that. The only thing that'll set you free from that is Jesus. And just yeah. like the, 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 the Bible says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. That's right. And that's what happened to me. Amen. Jesus finally, you know, you know, Jesus set me free. Mm. And, 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 and I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm not just free from this, right? <laughs> it's like I'm free from everything that this world wants to tempt me into doing. I'm free from, from stealing. I'm free from lying. I'm free from, from, from the desire to hate people. You know, I don't have hate or anger in my heart. Um, not to say that those things don't want to try to come, but they're but I they don't have a place in me. Yeah. They don't have a place to rest on me anymore, right? Whereas it did before. So, well, man, what a beautiful testimony! And I tell you, it took a lot of bravery uh, for you to to do this. I I know that um, if you're listening, it's like all oh, that flowed really easy, but I know that. I know for a fact that that wasn't something that just was like, I'm going to come talk about this. Um, There's some embarrassment around it. There's um, all, all those emotions you spoke about before. Um, And so kudos to you. And, 
you know, I, I believe that your testimony uh, will, there's going to be many men that hear it and women and, uh, you know, uh, not even people that are maybe struggling with pornography, although I think there's going to be plenty that do uh, that listen to it, but even other scenarios in their lives that this will really speak to. So I just want to say thank you for your bravery. And then I just want to brag on you a little bit just to say um, that, I mean, it's just, so from the day you met me when you thought I was like, this guy's a little crazy out there. um, Because unfortunately we live in a valley where we do have some believers, not a lot, but we have, we do, but it seems like, that it's a lot of go through the motions, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and this the the passion and the worship and the seeking the face of the Lord uh, is oftentimes um, not very present, mm-hmm. and so I think that's what you were saying. Like, man, I haven't, and I'm, this isn't a pat on my back. Although, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad that yeah. I, I hope that that everybody can say that one day you had a conversation with somebody that mm-hmm. they're like, wow, there's something different about him. So but it's not about me, but my point is um, I'm just so thankful that um, that ordinary movement had some, some role in, in, in your life, because I think it's a real testimony to what God put on my heart. Right. And so mm-hmm. your testimony encourages me to know that um, what we're doing is making a difference. And, Absolutely. Um, and what I'm most proud of, you know, is you went on to lead your own group. And obviously we want to see multiplication through groups mm-hmm. and ordinary movement. We want to see everybody that goes through ordinary movement lead their own group, yeah. right? That's, that's the goal. It's not to have one out of 10. It's to have everyone. It's to create a movement across this country mm-hmm. of ordinary people that are willing to step forward and say, I'm going to take my face serious. And I know that something happened in my life through this process and I want others to experience it. Well, you did that. And then you took it to the next step in multiplication where you and Amanda now are walking out. Mm-hmm. And what's beautiful is it's this, it's this passion and this desire that he gave you early on mm-hmm. that you kind of, based on your testimony, felt like it was gone, yeah. that you had squandered it. Yeah. You know, when you punched the ceiling, I'm a failure. And I feel like the Lord has restored that for you. And it's really beautiful um, that David and Amanda have started um, – they gave a name ignite. I think that's yeah. beautiful. We're yeah. igniting, you know, the flame. We're breathing on the flame. It's igniting something in people, mm-hmm. and it's a worship. It's a worship experience that isn't about getting on stage in front of many, many people. Although it could turn into that, but it's just worshiping in each other's homes. Yeah, uh, sincere worship. And as you said last time, I was at one of the ignites at my house, mm-hmm. which was, I mean, bring in, ring in the the spirit of praise into my home. I was like, I prayed like, let it hit every crevice crack. The, the duck works. And it, like, it is just like the presence of God is in my house. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I, I was cheating by being allowed to host it. But mm-hmm. you said, we're here to mine. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're here to mine. We're, we're mining the truths of God as we're worshiping that yeah. he's revealing uh, his glory. Um, one layer at a time as we continue to, um, seek him, to worship him, and to praise him. Yeah, and, you know, God did put it on on our hearts and mine and Amanda's heart to, I don't know what it is, it's a worship initiative. Um, so it's a calling, we're calling people who, who, who want to um, worship God, who want to minister to the Lord, who want to not 
just worship the Lord to get something from God. You know, so many times when people talk about worship, they say, oh, I just love being in the presence of God, you know. And again, I might even have said that too while I'm here. Being when, I, yeah. As you worship I the still Lord, do. <laughs> as you worship the Lord, it, yes, as a result, God's presence uh, uh, kind of fills the room or fills the space, right? But initially, I think my heart is, is when we come together to worship the Lord, we're coming together to minister to the heart of God um, because he has done so much for us. And that's and that's really um, the foundation base of what um, ignite worship is, and um, as a result, n- God begins to speak to us. So we call it, I guess, the a better way to describe it is it's a spirit led worship experience um, that that we have, and and a, yeah, I'll just say it. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Um, anyone who is who 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 feels in their heart that they need that is welcome. Yeah. Everyone's welcome. It may not be for everyone, yeah. but everyone is welcome that well, uh, that would would like. So, well, I'm excited to see what God does um, with you and Amanda through that, and just the the genuine, uh, sincere worship that 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 God's put on your heart. And so, um, again, thank you so much. I'd love to see the multiplication in your life. Um, and thank you so much for being part of Ordinary Movement. Um, Amanda as well, she went to Ordinary Women, mm-hmm. led a group. And yeah. uh, guys, so you will see David at the uh, National Connect this year. Yes. It's, uh, I just looked at my phone, it's June, um, yeah, June. It's like 26th 20, or 27th? 27th, 28th, yeah. 29th. Yeah. So make sure you guys sign up for that. Uh, we're going to get into some deep worship, be led by David and Amanda. And again, thank you so much uh, for sharing your heart, being vulnerable. Uh, I just pray that this will uh, open the door for for many uh, men or women struggling in areas in their life to to follow uh, some of the same steps you did. And beyond that, I would just say, and I know this David hasn't said this, but I know he would be willing. If this speaks to you and you want to talk to David, yeah. Um, Reach, oh, yeah. You can leave a comment below in YouTube, or if you want it to be more discreet, go to theordinarymovement.com and go to the contact form and just say, hey, listen to the podcast with David. Uh, would love to speak to him. Uh, he would love to speak with you, pray over you. Yeah. Um, and uh, definitely. I don't even have to ask you. I know that you would. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So if that's you, do that. And uh, guys, thank you so much. Thank you, David. Until thank next you. time, take it out. Let's do this. (laughs) Let's do this. All right. See you guys.